0: serve a risen king the king of kings and the lord of lords a god that's greater than any problem he's a dissolver of doubts he's in our midst tonight lord and we just ask that you would come and take these words lord and speak to our hearts lord help us father just to step out of the way lord and let you use us for your glory and for your honor meet the needs lord that's in this building lord Even those that'll be streaming, Father, just move. Move. We pray in every heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to John chapter three. Amen. John chapter three and verse one. I was actually studying this thought before I left to go over to Belgium and to Europe there and. So it's kind of a uh, different, usually I preach here and then go somewhere else and preach it somewhere else, but I preached it somewhere else and now I'm preaching it here. So a little different, but anyway, John chapter three and verse one, I'd like to speak to you tonight on born, born of the fire, born of the fire. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. And said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, You must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell which it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knoweth not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, you believe not, yet shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things. And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting or eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. And he that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is a condemnation, that the light is come into the world, and the men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doth evil hateth light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doth truly come to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest." that they are wrought in God. Amen. We'll let you be seated. I just want to pick it up again in verse 3 and 4 and 5, but under a, a, a different translation. It says, Jesus answered Nicodemus, listen to this eternal truth. Before a person can perceive God's kingdom realm, they must experience a rebirth. And Nicodemus said, a rebirth? How can a great-headed man be reborn? It is impossible for a man to go back into a womb a second time and be reborn. And Jesus answered, saying, I speak an eternal truth. So this is an eternal truth. Unless you are born of water and spirit, you will never enter God's kingdom for the natural realm can only give birth to the things that are natural. But the spiritual realm gives birth to supernatural life. Amen. I, I believe that you will never know God by human understanding. You know, man has tried to figure it out. And even as Nicodemus in his mind and in his intellect would try to reason it out, he would look at Jesus and, and even as a human would come to the to the thought or the understanding that, No one could do what this man does unless he came from God. But that's as far as it would take him in the human intellect and with human ability because he would still have doubts and things in his heart. And and Jesus was trying to get to the, amen, to be the dissolver of his doubts. You know, but, and neither can a man know God by being born in a certain lineage. And, you know, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that my birth into the kingdom of God had nothing to do with my first birth. Or in other words, my first birth, amen, didn't give me a certain right or a right that somebody else didn't have, amen, to experience that. But it had nothing to do with it. Amen. You, but you can only know God or you can only know the supernatural realm by the supernatural birth. And you have to be reborn into the kingdom of God or into the family of God to where it's no more a Pruitt or a Winters or a Oglesby or or whatever your last name is. That's not who we are. You know, as I spoke to those young people there at that camp, I said, you know, I don't come to you as Timothy Pruitt and I'm not coming to you as whoever you are tonight. I'm coming as a son of God. and and I'm coming to speak to sons and daughters of God because I'm not here and I wasn't there as a, a, a citizen of the United States. I was there speaking to them as a citizen of another kingdom. Amen. And you know, it's, but it's not about man's intellect, but it's all about the spirit and power of a supernatural kingdom. And, you know, by intellectual abilities, you can put quotes together, you can put scriptures together, and you can do some things and have some fine ideas. But, amen, you must be born of the Spirit of God to know the kingdom of God. And this is even what Paul, in his preaching, he would he would emphasize, he would say in First Corinthians 2, he says, My speech and my preaching is not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. So that your faith, here's why, because I want your faith to stand not in wisdom of man, but in the power of Almighty God. You know, we can say tonight that I believe the message. We can say I know it's the truth. Uh, But other than being born of the Spirit of God, that's all we have is intellectual faith. And intellectual faith will take you so far because we know even devils believe. Amen. The Scripture says in James 2, it says, Thou believest there's one God, thou doest well. Devils also believe and tremble. So it's not good enough just to believe. Amen. It's not good enough to just believe and say, Well, I believe the message or I'm in the message or I'm this, I'm that, I'm another. It's just taking on a name. But we want to take more than just a name of a man or or or, 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 our lineage of uh, being Timothy Pruitt or or or, or, or our name of some religious realm or some religious thing. We want to be born of the body of Jesus Christ by the Spirit of the, amen, the Holy Ghost. You know, when Jesus died, there was three elements that left his body. It was water, blood, and spirit. It takes all three to have a birth. Amen. If you lack one of them, it's a stillborn baby. There's nothing there. There's no life there. If you're missing the blood, if you're missing the spirit, if you're missing the water, you say, well, we got the word, but what about the spirit? Jesus said there would be a day when they would worship me in spirit and in truth. And this is the, as Jesus said, this is an eternal truth. This is not something that's now different than what it was then. It's the same today. If the prescription was to be born again then, the prescription is to be born again now. Amen. You know, Brother Brandon would speak about it, and he said, "What, it, what the blood or blood and spirit is re, representing is justification, sanctification, and the baptism of the Holy Ghost." He said, "When a woman or anyone, any, anyone into any um, uh, animal or whatever is in travail for birth, the first thing that comes to pass is the breaking of a water for a normal birth. The second thing is the blood. Then comes the spirit or the life, and all of those three things together then it constitutes." A natural birth. Amen. He says, so is the spiritual realm. It's water, justification by the faith, believing on God, receiving him to be a personal savior and being baptized. Second is sanctification of the spirit. God cleansing you from the elements of the world and the desires of the world. And then it's the Holy Spirit coming in and giving you the new birth that fills up that justified, sanctified vessel. And that's what we're desiring. Amen. We don't want to just be justified. We don't want to be just sanctified. We want to be filled with the Spirit. Amen. You know, many can live justified in a justified condition and that's fine, but keep on moving on to the sanctified condition until you are filled. Amen. That's what our desire, that's what our, our hope and our is for everyone. Amen. That they would experience this. And brother Brandon was talking about this in the religious realms of that day. And he says, you know, he said now not to try to hurt you, but he said, that's where some of you Pentecostals failed. You Pilgrim holiness failed. You Nazareth failed. You failed to walk walk on up to Pentecost. You were, you were justified, you were cleansed by sanctification, but when you were ready to be put into service by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the gifts of speaking in tongues or other things, you turned it down and you dropped back in the pig pen again. He says, see, we want to go all the way with God. And I believe that ought to be our, our, our. Even if you tonight have the Holy Ghost, it ought to not be a staleness to your life. There ought to be. There's one feeling, but there's many refillings. I believe in our everyday life with God, our one desire should be God. I want to know you more. I want to love you better. I want to know more about you. I want to, I want to realize more of my kingdom that you put me in. I want to know more about the land that you have placed me in. I want to inherit all that I have. It ought not be a staleness in our lives. If you're stale tonight, you need to say, God, relight my fire. If you haven't been lit tonight, you ought to say, God, I want my fire lit. Amen. But he says here, you know, he said when a baby is born and the water breaks and the blood comes, he says, and but you, you still something lacking. He said many times, you know, back in that day, I guess maybe still do, I don't know. They would take a baby and give it a little spank on the bottom and make it, you know, grab a, grab some, uh, so open their lungs for a minute and give them a little shock. He says, he says if he don't start breathing right off, you spank him and he yells out, Amen. And it's maybe some unknown tongues or something. He's making a little noise. He said I. Think of a baby as born as a stillbirth with no sound, no emotion. That's a dead baby. And he said, that's what's the matter with the church today. We have too many stillborn children. He said, they need some gospel spanking to wake them up and bring them to themselves so that God can breathe the breath of life into them. He said, so when the spirit of God is near, he said, what will take place? He said, when God begins to move, what takes place? He said, salvation is introduced. And in salvation is introduced, it brings a spiritual worship. Not just a singing of hymns altogether, but a worship in the spirit. He said, it's got to be so contrary to the intellect. To where they don't understand it He said they can't understand God by intellectual faith He said they must be born again It has to be an experience And when the experience is wrought by the Holy Ghost Then the same nature, the same power The same reaction that happened on the church first Will come again for it's the same God living in a people once again He said, that's the only way you'll know is God, is God has to, got to personally reveal himself to you. Amen. He said, without the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you're only guessing. You're saying what the Word said. You're saying what the pastor says. You're saying what mother said. But when the Holy Spirit comes, it baptizes you into the person of Christ Jesus. And then you know by a personal experience that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, raised from the dead, living in you the hope of glory. Hallelujah. You know, questions and answers, he's asked a question. He says, do you believe, this is in 64 if you need to know, do you believe that science should follow all who have the Holy Spirit? If so, what about the people who believe the message with all that's in them? Yet they have not these signs. Are they unbelievers or do they need the Holy Spirit? Please instruct us how to receive the Holy Ghost. He says, thank you, my brother, for regarding me because they've been going to say we believe you to be God's mouthpiece for our day. He says, thank you, my brother, regarding me as your brother. And he said, I think that's a very, very good question. And he said, friends, it's a little slack. He said, I'd like to deal with it. It's real slack. He said, you can't receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost without having an experience when it happens. If you believe every speck of the word, you say, well, you believe every speck of it, then the word is laying there waiting for the Holy Spirit to put it to work, but it takes the lighting of the candle. Amen. Here's the candle with the wick on it with the tallow. Everything looks like a candle. He said, but under the fire comes upon it. It'll not shine any light no matter how perfect it is, how perfect it might burn, but it's got to be lit and then it'll burn. And when you believe and are made up of the instructions of what the Holy Spirit is, love, peace, joy, long-suffering fruits that'll bear out, but until the Holy Spirit with a fiery experience comes down and lights the candle, you haven't received the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So don't sound like to me you can receive the Holy Ghost and don't know it. How many has ever been burnt by fire? Did you know it? Oh yeah. You know that when fire, but why? And God throughout the Bible, and we may go through some of these things, but throughout the Bible he brings himself or shows himself as fire. As a pillar of fire, he led the children of Israel. He, he, he threw throughout the whole Bible and then in the New Testament and in, in the, in the first church and the birth of the new church. What was the Holy Spirit represented as tongues of fire? Amen. God's showing that when he comes, you'll know when he comes. You'll know when it happens. Something on the input side of you has taken place and you're not the same person anymore. God has changed you forever. It is eternal truth. Amen. I think I told you this, but I actually got this thought. I went to an IMAX. was watching a documentary on our, uh, our national parks and how they became into existence through Teddy Roosevelt, which, by the way, I think looks a lot, lot like or Brother Ron looks a lot like him. Just throwing that out. It looked like I was watching a mo- documentary on Brother Ron. But anyway, Teddy Roosevelt put it into play of all the national parks that we enjoy today, or otherwise we wouldn't have the redwood forests that are still there because they were cutting them down, logs, thousands, millions of them being cut down, and and he seen the seen the benefit of having this for our future generations. So he put the the national parks into existence through the laws and such, but. It was actually there that they begin to speak about that, the redwood forest and, and how that they reproduce and they have, you know, a cone and in, in this cone's a little seed and it's got a real hard coating on it and it falls into the ground and it can lay dormant for a long time, but it takes a special condition for it to come to life. And without that, it won't ever come to life. And, and they said, you know what it is, it takes is fire. And they said, these trees are literally born of the fire. They say these trees are are known to live now. Some of them dated two thousand or more years old over there in California. I haven't had the privilege of actually seeing them in person. Some here probably have, but I understand they're very uh, just unbelievably tall and big, and and just almost mind blowing the 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 girth of them and and the height of them and and the beauty of them. And and they've been standing there for thousands of years, but they can't they can't reproduce without a certain atmosphere. Amen, and it takes a certain thing. It takes a fire to come along. And he said, and, and they said, the reason why you know that they try to control them because in this, if they let fires go through these forests, which is a natural thing for a forest, by the way, because many times we think, well, it's terrible. There's a forest fire, but actually, it's a natural thing to 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 actually uh, 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 help growth or help the rebirth of a forest. You know, I, I was actually up in up in Canada on a lake there with a brother, and we took a tour on this boat and there was this beautiful forest on one side and this burn up place on the other. And the, and the guide said, which one do you think is the most healthiest? And of course, you look at the beautiful trees and the tall uh, evergreens. And he said, well, that one's the one. He said, no, he said, it's actually over here. He said that forest over there, that's all beautiful. You won't hardly find no wildlife in or any life at all. It's pretty much dead underneath. He said, but over here, a fire came through a few years ago and it's beginning to be replenished and there's new growth and there's life there. And there's animals there And there's birds there There's things happening there He said, but the reason why this hadn't burned Because right at the end of this valley is a city And if this catches on fire Then it's going to burn that city up Oh my, I might have had myself a jubilee in that boat I realized, wow, we got people that's against the fire of God Because they got their own traditions and their own things and their own things they built and their camps and their petty quotes and things that their pet quotes and things that they think are important. And if they know the, if they realize that the fire of God gets loose, it's going to tear all of that stuff up. Amen and this is what it takes It takes the fire of God And I see a tree A 2,000 year old tree that's been growing Down through seven church ages And God knew it would take A certain atmosphere For there be a birth again And so he sent the fire of God back The Holy Ghost in his same power In his same glory In his same life given ability Back into the church again That you could experience The same life Peter had The same one Paul had The same one that would walk to the gate called beautiful And a lame man be laying there He said silver and gold have I none But such as I have Give unto thee What was it? It was the same life of Jesus Christ That now wasn't walking with them It was walking in them And that life could now be transferred to a believer Hallelujah Amen. And I see that same thing as to happen in this day. Amen. You have to have an experience to have the Holy Ghost. Another question, he says, do your children have to have an experience to have the Holy Spirit? If they see the end time message, do they have the Holy Ghost? He says, and here's how he answers it. Everyone must be, must have an experience. Your children cannot go in no other way but by the same way you do. They've got to be born again. There's no grandchildren in the kingdom of God. We're all children. They must have it. They must have an experience with God to go in just the same as you did. Amen. God don't have no grandchildren. We're, he says, you know, we're, we're Pentecostal brethren are becoming their children, come to church and say, well, we're Pentecost because Papa was Pentecost. He said, if Papa was Pentecostal and got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you have to get it the same way Papa did. He don't have grandchildren. He only has sons and daughters, not grandsons and granddaughters. Sons and daughters. So you got to do the same thing they did on the day of Pentecost. Come on somebody This is an eternal truth Amen. This is after the seals was opened, by the way. He said, you have to do the same thing they did on the day of Pentecost. You've got to have the same experience. You've got to have the same thing they had. God doesn't ever change his program. He never changes his ways. He does it the same thing, same way all the time. The way he laid it in the first is the way it'll be at the last. And if you'll do the same thing, the same results will come. Hallelujah. In the first Exodus, it took fire. Right. Yeah. We, we, we've heard of wonderful, wonderful services on the Passover where they would take a lamb and kill it and take the blood and put it on the doorpost and the lintel, and then they would take the lamb and pull the skin off and take of all the body and the pertinence thereof. And, but in Exodus 12 and verse 9, they said it was not to eat it raw or sodden with water but roasted with fire had to be fire. You know, I love how Brother Tim brought that out. Amen. this, This word has to be heated up, not some cold formal doctrine. Amen. Not sodden with water with your own flavor or how you think it ought to be or how you think a service ought to go or what you think or classify wildfire to be. Amen. It's not to be sodden with water, but to be roasted with fire. His head with his legs and with the pertinence thereof with everything. Take it all. Don't leave none of it out. Some of it takes the hide off of us, but eat it anyhow. It's good for you. It'll make you walk be able to walk through the wilderness. It'll, if you eat this lamb, it'll take you to the Red Sea. It'll take you where no water is. It'll take you where no food is. It'll take you and your garments won't wear out. Your shoes won't wear out. It'll take you out of Egypt and into a promised land. Eat the lamb. But it's got to have fire with it. He says, see, people trying to eat the Word of God, they take it raw, chew on it, spit it out, and everything else, say, well, I just can't take it. I can't stand it. He said, the problem was it wasn't cooked enough. He said, that's all, cook it with fire. Fire represents the Holy Ghost. You get God in your heart first, and it'll cook it for you. It'll make it where you can eat it. Come on, somebody. You say, well, that word just kind of chokes me. Well, you get the Holy Ghost in your heart, it'll answer all the questions you got about the message. It'll answer all the questions you got about the message and the things of God. You get the Spirit of God in your life, then you'll know the things of God. This is where the problem is with people. And they begin to question, what about this? What about... The, really, the problem is, or the question is, have you yet received the Holy Ghost since you believed? That's the true question. That's the real question. Amen. He says, well, I, I, you know, they said, well, they stand off on the outside and say, well, I don't know whether it's for me or not. Might be for another day. Get the Holy Ghost first and watch what divine healing means to you then. Get the Holy Ghost and watch what the promises of God means to you then. Amen. Get the Holy Ghost and watch what this Bible means to you then. Get the Holy Ghost and watch what those tapes mean to you then. Get the Holy Ghost and watch what services mean to you then. Come on, somebody. What? Get the Holy Ghost and watch what real worship means to you then. Get the Holy Ghost and watch what dress means to you then. Get the Holy Ghost and watch what your closet means to you then. You'll find out there's things in your closet that don't mean much to you no more. Amen, there's things in your life that don't mean much to you no more. You're going to a different land, you're eating a different diet. Right. He says, look what a... He said, you get the Holy Ghost and then we'll see what a heartfelt religion means to you then. When you got the Holy Spirit here to cook the lamb as it comes, cook the lamb and you'll have a fire to cook it with, be roasted. Oh, it's good. He said, what, what happens? Fire burns out all the impurities. He said, I was looking there one day at a big smelter, noticed how hot the fire was and it cooked and cooked and cooked and the hotter it got, the dross and the gold all came to the top. There was gold in there but all the dross began to come to the top and that heat a little higher, and hotter and pyrite and fools go and dirt and mud and ores all this fool's gold would come up. He said, there's, no, there's a lot of things in people that'll try to fool one another when you're a Christian or acting like it anyhow, but you let the Holy Ghost go to boiling out everything and it'll get all the fool's gold out of you. Amen, all the fool you, people you can and fool this and fool your pastor, fool your mom and daddy. It'll get all that out of you. He said, see what happens. They cook it and they skim it off. They cook it and cook it until it's pure gold. He said, that's the way God does to his church. He just keeps on pouring the Holy Spirit on it and cooks it down until he throws out all the worldliness and all the differences and all the selfishness until he boils out everything that there is that's not of him in the first exodus they had a pillar of fire to lead them the Lord went before them in the day in a pillar of a cloud and a, by night a pillar of fire to give them light the fire of God moving in their midst it was a people that wasn't strange, or they didn't think it's strange when the pillar of fire come through their camp I want to be that kind of people I want to be the kind of person that when the pillar of fire moves in our services, I don't think it's a strange thing. But it's something that I long for to see him move on his people and, and anoint people and anoint someone to Amen to speak in tongues or anoint someone to dance in victory. I don't want to be to where the Holy Ghost moving in our midst is a strange thing or an unusual thing. And neither do I want it to be just a common thing. As far as looking at it, very car is a common thing, and it becomes common to us, but to, to know that when he comes, it's always special. Even on a Wednesday night, if he decides to fall in this place, it's special. Whatever day he falls in your car, it's special. Don't take it for granted. Stop what you're doing and give attendance to him because it's a special time to be with him. We are a special class of people to be able to know when the Holy Ghost falls in our car. There's people that goes all day long and don't even, ain't even cognizant of God at all or, and they see the Son and the things that he's done and don't even think about him. You are a special class of people. It was a fire of God that lit the original fire of the altar. And it was instructed then to never, somebody say never, never, never let it go out. That's right. Let's turn to Levit- Leviticus six and verse 12. And the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it and it shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order, in order upon it and he shall burn thereof the fat of the peace offerings and that fire shall be ever burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. This is a decree of God. You keep putting wood on it. You keep burning sacrifices on it. Amen. You keep doing what I've told you to do and you're commissioned one thing. Don't let it go out. Amen, you have the same commission. Don't let the fire of God go out in your homes. Don't let him go out when you go on your job or when you go into places of, of business and things. Amen, the fire of God is still there. Amen. This lamp, as we would read, we could read in the revelations of the lamp, these candlesticks. We went through this before, but we'll go through a little bit of it again. So the lamp was lit, lit in a special way. It was a priest that took the fire because this lamp was represented there in the Old Testament. The priest took fire from the sacred altar which was originally lighted by the fire of God. He lit, the, first of all, the lamp that was sitting on top of the bowl and then he lit the second and then the third lamp from the fire from the second and the fourth from the third and all the way until seven lamps were burning. This holy fire from the altar being passed from lamp to lamp. It is a wonderful type of the Holy Spirit in the seven church ages. It's like a relay race. Amen. This runner, the first Paul ran his race and he handed that baton or that lick of fire to the next one. And commission, don't let it go out. And it went on to the next one all the way down to the seventh age and now you're running with this lick of fire and you have the same commission. Don't let it go out. Don't let, it, don't let your services become some cold formal ungodliness, but let God be in the midst of her and let him have his way. Let him not be dictated by the will and the wilts of man or man's ideas or intellectualism, but let the fire of God burn where he wants to burn. And the fire of God will determine what's of God and what's not of God. He says, see, his original outpouring of Pentecost, that outpouring came direct from Jesus on the mercy seat. It's in doing his church through all seven ages and showing further forth perfectly that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. They're never changing God in his essence and his ways. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He's the main vine, and which comes from the original root or from the original seed. And the vine does not bear fruit, but the branches do. So you can take a vine and you can graft, uh, you know, on a limb or a branch, you can graft in an orange tree. You can put maybe a lemon or tangelo or a grapefruit. And well, whatever you've grafted in there is going to bring forth of that fruit. We know the, the law there. But if that limb that's coming from the tree down there, from that life down there, if it's an orange tree, if that limb or that main trunk ever puts forth another branch, it's going to bring forth the same life that it's produced from. Amen. So if it's an orange seed in the ground, it's going to be an orange seed when it comes out. He said, see, they, they've graft, grafted all kind of other intellectual ideas and, and, uh, and religious creeds and things. He said, but when that branch gets ready to, to grow out again and bring forth another branch, that branch will be exactly what the vine was. It'll be the same kind of branch that was brought forth at Pentecost. Mercy, what do we get that we got something different now? Well, are something different. I'm gonna just stay with what the prophet said. Amen. He said, "When the branch gives brings forth, it'll be exactly what it was at Pentecost, where the root was. It will speak in tongues." It will prophesy, it'll have power and signs of the resurrected Jesus Christ in it because it's thriving on the natural resources of the vine itself. You see, this branch wasn't grafted into the vine, it was born in the vine. Hallelujah! When those other branches were grafted in, all they could do was bear their own fruit. Baptists were grafted in, Methodists or whatever. when men's creeds were grafted into the under the vine, but all it did was bear the fruit of being a Baptist or bearing the fruit of being a Amen. And if it's just a message, Amen. Just a message theology that's grafted in, it'll do nothing but bring forth message theology. But when that branch and it has, or that vine, it brings forth another branch and it has. Yeah. Yeah. The fire of God has burnt through and ignited lives. It's brought forth another branch. Right. It'll be exactly what it was on the day of Pentecost. Yes, right, he says that when those other branches are grafted in. They bear their own fruit for they're not born of the vine. They don't know what that original life or that original fruit is. He goes on down. He says, how thrilling it is to think of those seven lamps drawing life and light from the resource of that main bowl. And he said, each church age messenger is depicted here. His life is on fire with the Holy Ghost. His wick has been immersed in Christ or his life. And through that wick, he's drawn out the very life of Christ. What kind of light is he giving? The very same light that was in the first lamp. And right on down. He said, now only can we speak thus of the, not only do we speak thus of the messengers, but every true believer is dramatically depicted here. To be on fire with the Holy Ghost. To be lit I know. I, some of these young people understand. Some of you older ones won't. But they got this word said so that's lit. Yeah. Listen, the world didn't make that cool. It was already cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lit that went on back on the day of Pentecost that lit up a hundred and twenty. And they act unseemly. They act unreasonably to mankind. Until where men begin to try with their own imagination, their own thinking, intellectual ability. What's wrong with this? Are they drinking wine or something? they drunk? And Peter said, No, we ain't drunk. This is only the third hour of the day. This ain't the time men's supposed to be drinking or will be drinking. You know better than that, you bunch of dummies. But this is that. What the prophet Joel spoke of. That I'll pour out my spirit Hallelujah I'll pour out my spirit And if that vine brings forth another branch This is that That the prophet Joel spoke about You want to know why we have services like we do He's pouring out his spirit It's the spirit of almighty God It ain't me making things up Or me working things up Or you working things up It's God working things up it's a work of the Holy Ghost. It's God moving in his people. Hallelujah. We're all drawing from the same source. Whoa. Hallelujah. So if I can read my Bible right, and I can look at history and I can see it right, the devil tried to put it out in the first age and he couldn't blow it out. He tried in the second age and he couldn't blow it out. He tried in the third and the fourth and the fifth all the way down through the dark ages and he couldn't put it out and he comes all the way to the seventh and all of a sudden in this day it went, (laughs) what the devil needs to understand, he's in trouble again because he can't put this light out. This light can't be extinguished. This fire can't be put out. Men has tried it for days, or decades and years and thousands of years. They have tried by their own human ability. How can I stomp it out? It was devil's anointing men, but it was men that he was using. And he tried to put it out. And he tried to stomp it out. And he tried to quench it. And he tried to push it down. And say it's just a bunch of fanaticism. But it just kept jumping. Boom. All the way it jumped to the seventh age. And here we are. And the devil is trying in this day to stomp this fire out and say it's nothing but a bunch of fanaticism and say it's a bunch of this or that and a bunch of holy rollers, a bunch of crazy people, but the devil ain't stopped it yet and he's not going to stop it now. It's not my fire. It is the fire of the Holy Ghost. It's not you that's burning. It's the Holy Ghost that's burning in you. Hallelujah. The visible life is burning, shining, giving light and manifestation of the Holy Ghost. The inner invisible life is hidden in God, fed by the Lord's word. And Satan cannot touch them. Amen. Well, glory to God. Amen. Not even death can touch them. For death has lost its sting. The grave has lost its power. He it goes on. It's our DNA talking about the seven spirits of God. He said, it's not really seven different spirits, but the one spirit moving through seven church ages. He said, and the seven messengers will have the same spirit, teaching the same word, having the same power. And if the church is the true church, it'll have the very same spirit and word and acts of power they had at Pentecost. And by experience, it will be a Pentecostal church. And there will be tongues and interpretation and prophecies and healing. For God will be in the midst of her. Oh, hallelujah. Take that devil. Like I said, devil, it ain't my fire. I didn't start it, so I can't do nothing about it. He started it. If you got a problem with him, with this fire, go talk to him about it. Amen. He's the one that started this fire. Why God is in the midst of her. And God will declare himself. That he is in the midst of her. As he always has been. Oh hallelujah. I'm looking for this evening. Amen. For this year to come. This is my new year's message here again. I'm looking for in this year. That God will declare himself. That he is in our midst. That this is not man-made. This is not made by a Kentuckian preacher or some man here in Louisiana. But this is a God-made fire. And if it's a God-made fire, there ain't nothing the devil can do about it. He can try to put it out with sickness and diseases and tormenting spirits. But God lit that fire. God put it up on the altar. And God has declared, I'm in the midst. Get back, devil. You can't do nothing. This is my fire. Amen. What happens? People begin to deny his word, deny his baptism, deny his power, deny his signs, creeds and traditions. Again, this is in 64. Started wearing these turned around collars, making themselves creeds and so forth. Upon good works. Just go be a good Christian. Just go be somebody. They wasn't ordained to life to begin with. They had nothing to believe with in the beginning. This is a quote. He that knoweth me knows my Father, and the Father has sent me, so send I you. And the God that sent Jesus went in Jesus. And in Jesus that sends you, goes in you. Okay, maybe I need to read that again. He said, he that knows me knows my Father. And as the Father sent me, so send I you. The God that sent Jesus went in Jesus. And the Jesus that sends you goes in you. Whew. Amen. He that believeth in me the works that I do shall he do also. Go ye all into the world and preach the gospel to every creature, black, yellow, white, brown, whatever it might be, and these signs shall follow them that believe. How far all the world, to who? Every creature. This is our commission. A little Baptist minister was trying to tell me in Tucson some time ago, Brother Branham. the trouble, your trouble is you're trying to make this an apostolic age. There's no such a thing as the apostolic age today. It's over. Brother Brown says, it is? I didn't know it. He said, well, it is. He said, I said, you sure? He said, sure, I'm sure. He said, how do you think it's over? He said, oh, that was all for the apostles. I said, do you believe the word Peter spoke on the day of Pentecost? Do you believe his word? He said, yes, sir. He said, Repent every one of you and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for this promise is unto you and to your children and to them that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call and the same promise we've got to come back to it. We've got to come back to it Dr. Simon Peter wrote a prescription The Bible said is there no bomb in Gilead Is there no physician there You know if you take a doctor's prescription When he finds a disease in your body And he writes a prescription You better fill it and get some real druggist That will fill it just the way he wrote it Because if you don't That druggist will put too much stuff in there And it will poison you He said but you want to take a tried True prescription Don't get some quack doctor somewhere to go to fooling with and measure this up and put this what he thinks ought to go in there. You want a tried, true prescription. And he said, That's what's the matter with a lot of you doctors. You're fooling around with this prescription. Peter said, I give you an everlasting prescription. For you and your children, them that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call, not come and join, but repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and ye shall receive the same results. Amen. The baptism of the Holy Ghost. Some of the quack doctors, and he said, now some of you quack doc- doctors need to quit writing those fake prescriptions. You're killing people. That's the reason the real thing isn't getting to them. Some easy believism. Somebody's messed with the right prescription. You know, Satan has wrote a prescription out to where you can live with your sin. Just believe he's a savior. It's easy believism. You believe the message, you're saved. Baloney. That's only believing. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you, received? Since you believed? Amen. I believe that if you got the Holy Ghost, you'll believe this message. Amen. 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 He said, but find a real doctor. Let me go on down here. But it is our right. He said, let me go. He goes on down through that many more times about the prescription. He said, but brother, there is a genuine anointing. There is a bomb in Gilead. It, there is a healing for the soul. Just don't fool with the prescription. Take it just the way it's written and God is obligated. He's not obligated to a creed or a dogma or some denomination. He's obligated to the Word. Follow that prescription. That is the first basis. Start off there and sign up and get ready to go to work. But it's our rights to have that same prescription. It's our rights to have the same original fire That fell at Pentecost It's our rights It will produce the same power It will produce the same signs It will produce the same healings Are we a witness of that tonight? It will produce the same deliverances For it's the same power It's the same gospel It's not a gospel of dead letter But it's a gospel with the power Of the Holy Ghost behind it Gospel to take a lame man at the gate and make him walk again. A gospel to take people that are cast off and rejects and make them sons and daughters of the king. Hallelujah. Fill with the Holy Ghost and stand there and tell the devil anything. Whoa, you're talking about swapping scripts. Get the Holy Ghost. It'll take you from the devil telling you what to do to you telling the devil what to do. That's the power of this blood of this Holy Spirit. Amen. And we have a right to the same, not something like it, but the original manna that fell on the day of Pentecost. I don't care what anybody else says, we have a right to it. Amen. I'm glad today that you can get the original baptism of the Holy Ghost with the same power, same sign, same wonder, same miracle, same resurrected Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. But people are afraid of the supernatural. They're afraid of the move of God. How do we get in this one? Afraid of the fire of God. They become professionals with their, with their watered down quotes spraying out this fire and spraying out that. Amen. The Bible says quench not the Holy Spirit. And that actually means don't extinguish it. If a fire gets lit, let it burn. Let's I man get a little crazy. Let it burn. It'll show whether it's a fire of God or not. Hey, I know what it's like for fire to get out of control. It's scary. But we ain't talking about a fire, a man-made fire. We're talking about a God-made fire. Afraid that fanaticism might rise up. We call it wildfire. Let me, let me just go through a few things. He says, I'm more afraid... Of the person that's afraid Than I'm afraid of the person That's a fanatic Hello He said I'm a, more afraid Of the person that's afraid Than I am of a person That's called a fanatic That's right He said oh my, I'd rather have a little wildfire Than have no fire at all Sure it would. I'd rather be around a fire that's popping and jumping anytime than the world's cold than, I'd re- than, than to be around an I- iceberg somewhere. Don't paint me a fire. You can't get warm by a painted fire. You got to have that same real fire. Not what the apostles done, but the Holy Ghost was in the apostles because the same Holy Ghost today is let it move on. Let it move. He was talking about the fellow, that fellow legion he said, once was a gentleman, no hopes. Now in the tombs of the devil. And a year after a year, he got worse and worse. Got so no man could pass that way. He didn't want to hurt anyone. He knew better than to do that. But every time he'd seen someone, devils would jump on him. He'd try to go and kill that person. Everybody was afraid. He was excommunicated from society. The devils drove him out of his mind till he was out in the tomb. Darkest hour he'd ever seen. Then Jesus comes along. And he cast them devils out of them. Those devils went into a herd of hogs and they had sense enough to go drown themselves. (laughs) In other words, they had more sense than humans do sometimes. They'd rather die than live with the devil. Amen. He said, I would often wonder when I got to heaven, I'd like to see how much strength his testimony had against hog raisers in that country after that. They didn't want any revival." If it was going to cost them some hogs, they felt more at home with hogs and devils than they did with the Lord Jesus. They wanted their hogs and they asked him to leave. And he said, that's the way it is tonight. People would rather stay in an old, stale, formal, ungodly, indifferent condition than to put up with a little wildfire now and then. He said, I'd rather have it a thousand times to one. Come on, somebody. I'd rather have it a thousand times to one. They feel at home more with devils and their own condition, drinking, smoking, gambling, wearing old dirty clothes, bobbing off their hair, doing all this stuff they do. Feel more at home doing that than you do to be called old-fashioned and have Jesus around the house. He said, I'll take him a hundred billion times to one. How many would say, I'd rather have Jesus? He's talking about the eagle responding to the call from above. He said, you just flop. Just keep on whether you're going up or you're going down. Just keep flopping. Come on now. Mother's standing right out there soaring around, his eyes on the sparrow. I know he watches me in and out of his church Yeah, to see if you get out of topsy-turvy, something will happen. But those great, great words, the Word of God will bring you right back up. Somebody said, well, that's wildfire. I'd rather have a little wildfire than no fire at all, you know. We could take the big wings and it'll bear us back up to the right. Is that right, brother? Just think if it's just a little out of order, why we'll just catch on them wings and go right back up into grace again. But if it's just, just let them flop. Use the power God gives you. He says, let them flop. Just let them go ahead and shout and praise the Lord and holler hallelujah, dance in the spirit, whatever they want to do. They get out of order. We got something here, the wings. God will never let you drop if you're an eagle. He'll pick you back up again. If you're buzzard, you're falling anyhow. But if you just, you'll just splash to the ground. But if you're a real eagle and you'll hear the word of God and he'll pick you back up and bring you back into grace again. But whatever, don't stop flopping them wings. Don't stop fighting against that devil. God uses fire to declare what is his or to make manifest what is his. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 9 says it like this. We are laborers together with God. You're God's husbandry. You're God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder. I've laid the foundation, another buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. How he buildeth thereon. For another foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build on this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man works of odds which he hath built their own, he shall receive a reward. But if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. And he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So for God uses fire to declare what is mine. No wonder why men don't want fire out and break out in their churches. Because it might declare that their work is not of God. It might be their own ideas and their own doings and their own thinking, their own ways and their own nature. You know, there's a man's nature one time that got in his way. His learning got in his way. He had all the quotes of a redeemer, he had all the promises that God was going to send a redeemer, and he took all those promises and he tried to put them into action. And he killed one Egyptian. He made a mistake. Ran out into the desert out there 40 years. God began to beat that theology out of him. Take that clay and beat it down until it's ready. Oh, I'm so thankful, though, when he does that, he don't throw the clay away. He just remolds it. Makes it again. One day this old man was back there on the backside of the desert herding his father-in-law's sheep. And all of a sudden he looked and now there was a bush that was burning or on fire, but he wasn't consumed. He said, I'm going to have to go see what that's about. And here he was now, 80 years old and he got in the presence of this burning bush. And in the presence of that fire, he knew more about God in five minutes. In five minutes than he learned in 80 years of school of Egypt. What Moses lacked the bush had what you lack the fire has you're lacking overcoming life the fire's got it amen if you're lacking the ability to stand against that devil the fire has it you've tried you ain't done nothing but destroy lives you tried to overcome and you tried and it's destroyed one Egyptian until this Egyptian thinks I ain't no good no more I'm just going to run out of here and I'm going to be gone. But God just starts molding again. He's got a place for him and he gets him in a position to see a fire. Oh, glory. How many wants to be in a position to see a fire? I ain't talking about no man-made fire. I'm talking about a God-made fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, what Moses lacked, the bush had. What the seminaries lacked, the Holy Ghost has got. The same fire of God. What schools school needs is fire. Holy Ghost and fire. What churches need is Holy Ghost and fire. In the presence of that fire, he had an experience. Before the fire, he was running from Egypt. After the fire, he's running to Egypt. Amen. Sometimes God can do things so ridiculous to a carnal mind. Can we imagine the next morning, Moses leading a little donkey and his wife, straddled up a little mule and a kid on each hip, Moses with old stick and whiskers blowing from side to side, singing every praise is to my God. Hallelujah. Every word of worship is to my God. I finally met the God my mama told me about. I finally made it for myself And now I can really give him praise Where you going Moses I'm going down to Egypt To do what God commissioned me to do And there's no church ready To fulfill the commission Until it's a born of the fire Holy Ghost filled church And when that fire of God Falls upon that life Then you can go lay your hands on the sick And they shall recover Then you can tell a demon, shut your mouth and don't talk again. And it'll do what you say. Hallelujah. The fire of God burning. He didn't care how many Egyptians he slew. First time he slew one, he got in trouble. And now he's going to slay a whole army. But he had an experience with God. He said what the church needs tonight is not schooling learn this and learn that, and you learn this and you learn this and you become a, a, a PhD, whatever kind of something, message believer. That's not what we're interested in. We're not interested in plaques lining our walls. We're not interested in quotes by memory. We're interested in quotes by experience. Spiritual, Holy Ghost fire. You heard this story. It's a wonderful story. Brother Brown talking about that turtle. Said, turtle, you know, seen him there and went up to him and was going to pet him and he kind of drawed up into his little shell. And he says, That's what's wrong with people today. He puts them in mind of a whole lot of Christians. You get up close to them, begin to talk about the things of God, divine healing, and the Holy Ghost, and they just draw right up and say, Oh, no, we don't believe in that just like an old turtle. He said, but I wanted to see that turtle move. And he said, I want to see the church move too. Yes. As we've said, we've said and heard before, Brother Branham didn't turn off the car when he left. That car was running down the road. It is man's creeds and dogmas that reaches in there and turns it off. He said, I want to see the church move too. But he couldn't move till he got his legs out. And the church won't move till the whole body goes to work. He said, I said, just a minute, but I'll make him move. He got me a switch, and I poured it on him. didn't do me no good. The more I beat him, the more I whipped him. He just closed up tighter and tighter and tighter. I said, man, how am I going to make him move? And I thought, well, I'll take him down to that creek there. And I, I put him in the water and about drowned him, and nothing but a few bubbles come up. He said, I know you all had all kinds of baptisms, sprinkling, pouring, made denominations out of But what happens? They go down a dry center, come up a wet one. That's all. It doesn't do any good. You can't beat it into them or baptize it to them. But he said, you know what I did? I got me some sticks and a little piece of paper, and I made a fire, and I set that turtle on it. He said, it took just a few minutes, and he began to move. He said, if there's anything that'll move the church of God, is the baptism of the Holy Ghost falling again? Not some way to baptize or some way to do this, some new theology, but just let the Holy Ghost fall in the church again. The fire, he said, but the trouble of it is people has taken the fire off the altar. He said, it needs to be on the altar and it needs to be in every heart again. An old fashioned St. Paul revival, the Bible Holy Ghost in awakening powers of God. People get used to their little shells, get used to being a turtle. You start preaching a certain thing and shoot, just need an experience of the fire. And then they won't rely on that turtle shell no more. They'll move on out. This is what we got to have. You know, I I got my first experience riding in a train on, on, on a fast track in there and Going down into Paris and from Paris over quite an experience for a country boy. Going about, uh, what was it, 200 miles an hour or something like that on a track. That's not cool. You imagine all kind of things that might happen. But anyway, anyway, we 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 rode from Belgium down to Paris and then spent a few days there and went over into Switzerland, Brother David Mayers. But you... You know, today it's a lot different. Matter of fact, while we was in Paris, you know, they was having a lot of strikes, which apparently French are known for that, for striking about every little thing, you know, and strike about this and strike about that. Might be some French message people I know. (laughs) Go on strikes. So we couldn't get around Paris very, very good because we had to walk a lot. Walked about 30 miles in about three days. It was a, quite an experience doing that too. That wasn't cool either. <laughs> but anyway, we got to see a lot of wonderful sights and things we'd probably never see again. Or, but anyway, they, they was on strikes and the reason why they was on strikes was because, you know, back in the day when they started out in the subways, there was coal engines and really hard work and, and, and you know, they had to build up the fire to get the coal engine to move and and they contacted a lot of lung diseases and things. So there's a lot of, they set it up to where they had really good retirement. And they retired real early because it was only a short lifespan they really had anyhow because of their job. But today, they don't have that. They have electric, but they still want the same benefits. So that's what they're striking about. Well, anyway, uh, I, Brother Brown talking about those old trains. He said, you know, I looked at this old big giant steam car and he thought, man, that thing will never go down the tracks. I thought, what well, I'd like to take a little ride. And the man said, it can't move. And I said, why? He said, there's no fire in the engine. No fire in the engine. And I thought, wow, here it is all beautiful and made up and looks like a train, acts like a train, sounds like a train. May toot a little bit, do this or that and the other, but it can't go down the tracks because there ain't no fire in the engine. He said, that's what's the matter with the church today. It's all plushed up, decorated. Got the signs of one, the sounds of one But there's no fire in the engine You can only move by fire And what we need today is some more Holy Ghost in the fire He said what we've done though Is got off on intellectual signs We got grandchildren in our church God don't have grandchildren Amen He said God only has sons and daughters But we've now got Pentecostal grandchildren Or now message grandchildren well, I was born in the message. But that don't give you a key to the eternal life. What gives you a key? And you say, well, I can see Brother Brandon was a prophet because no man could do what he did except God be with him. But you won't get there without having the new birth experience. I know it's become un- uncool to preach the new birth for whatever reason. You know what? But that's the fire that makes the engine go down the track. You can have all the quotes, you can have all the intellectualism, you can have all the psychology, you can have all the polish, you can have all you want to, but if that thing sits on the tracks and goes nowhere, it's nothing but a hunk of metal, a piece of junk, a big ship anchor somewhere. It's worth nothing, it's in the way, it's powerless, it's useless. Won't carry nobody nowhere. Don't do nothing. They come to church. They can live in their sins. They can be who they want to be and be Christians. Polish them up a little bit. Make them look a little better. Make them act a little better. Talk a little better. But inside of them, there's still a whole cage of a hateful bird. But we want more than that. And we got a right to more than that. We have a right in our services to have the Holy Ghost here. I don't care what intellectual giant stands up and say it ain't so. We've got an intellectual giant standing stand up and say, well, if they, if they, if they would have received, you know, after they received the initial uh, outpouring of the Holy Ghost uh, there at Cornelia's house, if Peter would have come back, they'd have said, no, no, we don't want that no more. We, we already had that baloney. There's one filling but many refillings. Amen. A real drunk, if he's a real drunk and he's ever experienced being a drunk, his next thought is to get drunk again. Yeah. Come on. Amen. Anybody that's been drunk on the Holy Ghost, you know what that feeling is. Yeah. You know when the power of God sweeps through your life and swept you all out and changed you, change your nature, change who you were. You want it again. You want more of it. Yeah. I think we ought to be addicted to the moving of the Holy Spirit in our churches. Every man that comes to God has got to be born of the Spirit of God, to be a son or daughter by the birth, a new birth, the supernatural, the Holy Ghost baptism in your heart, then your sons and daughters. Moses knew by intellectuals. But God had to take him to a bush to take it all out of him, to put a faith in him from the fire that was in the bush. That's what we need tonight is another visit to the bush where we get that experience. Today we're living in a day when infidels is trying to explain it all away. Jesus know that. He said, I'll not leave you comfortless. The Father will send the Holy Ghost in my name. A little while and the world won't see me no more, but you'll see me. For I, the Holy Spirit speaking in him, I'll be with you, even in you to the end of the world. God knew that in the end of the world, people was going to rise up and be great scholars and intellectuals and try to explain all the Bible away, and explain the move of the Spirit away. No man has a right behind the pulpit until he's once been back on the backside of the desert, under those same sacred sands, and met the same God face to face and had the same experience. But this is the problem: we got intellectual giants in our church, or in our churches that hasn't been to the bush. And they become professional fire extinguishers, putting out fires. He said, today our problem is, this is absolute in 63, we're trusting only in education, a mechanical way of explaining the Bible. He said, we've gotten away with just a mental conception but no man has a right to be in this pulpit to preach the gospel unless he's come face to face with it like Moses on the backside of the desert. No matter how educated, whatever's taking place, his fear and frustration is left because he stood on the sacred sounds of God. And nobody, nobody could take it away. He says in Revelation 10, I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven clothed with a cloud and a rainbow upon his head and his face were, his, were the sun and his feet As pillars of fire His head As a rainbow upon his head His face shining as a sun The cloud His head But his body's on earth His feet are on earth As represented as what? Pillars of fire Not cold Cold cold, formal creeds Or dogmas Or some man's intellectual ability Pillars of fire born of the Holy Ghost, by the fire of God, the same fire that lit the original altar has lit the church of God in this day again. Amen. That's right. That's it, brother. Praise the Lord. He says, I'll end with this. He said, this big, tall, black-headed fellow sitting here. He's had an awful time. His wife has left him, sued him for a divorce because he loved the Lord Jesus. Somebody said something about Jesus, you know, and he was kind of one of those fiends or fanatics. And he had been in war and been all shot up and everything. The boy, when I felt sorry for him, he'd come home to his wife and children and he promised the Lord he'd serve him. And as soon as the Lord began to bless him and he got right with God, his wife turned around and sued him for divorce and left him and set him in the cold. But it didn't matter what he went through, he was still a fanatic for Jesus. (laughs) When he stood one night and somebody said something about Jesus, how great Jesus was, something like that, he shouted, oh, glory. And he said, when he did, he shot his arms out. And here his fist was sticking through a wall like that. Some people call that Wildfire. It was sticking through the wall like that. He didn't even know he'd done it. It went through the wall and he said, Well, Brother Bill, I'm sorry. I'll pay for it. And, and then said, I think Brother Wood came down and put another piece on it, fixed it. We didn't, but we didn't mind that. Hello, somebody. We didn't mind that. We was just glad he was a fiend for Christ. When the Holy Spirit does something to you, you can't sit still. This is a continuation There's something that begins to bubble over you Woo! Yeah, something takes a hold A fiend or fanatic for Christ When you love the Lord Something in you reaching out Grabbing, hungering, thirsting Jesus said Blessed are they that shall be filled Blessed are they that even thirst Whether you got it or not How many wants more of God? Oh, you're blessed to have that desire. Amen. If you haven't got it, you're still blessed. And blessed are they that do hunger and thirst. You're blessed just to hunger because you want it. You're blessed. Hallelujah. I believe Brother Branham wouldn't mind if a man got happy enough to throw his hands up and one hand go through the wall. He didn't care because he was a fanatic for Christ. Why do we mind when somebody begins to throw their hands up and they punch holes through devils? They punch holes through hell and punch holes through kingdoms that's held them and depression leaves, anxiety leaves, fear leaves. Because they heard somebody say how great God was. Hallelujah. I believe we've heard that service after service after service. Our God is a great God. He's a wonderful God. Our God's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a satisfier. He gives us what we have need of. Hallelujah. I remember, Brother James, when you were sitting on a pew a few years ago, and all of a sudden, something welled up, and what happened? Your arms went out, and you didn't know it, but you punched a hole right through that devil's kingdom that was holding you. Hallelujah. And today, they might call you a fanatic. They might call you all kinds of names. We don't mind. We like you for who you are. Hallelujah, I enjoy being around people that's fanatics for Not this world or the things of this world But the things of God I like being around people that enjoy worshiping God I like being around people that enjoy when the spirit of God begins to blow through Because they know my chains are gone My chains are gone I'm free, I'm delivered, I'm free Oh, if you can only hear tonight that the king is in the building and he's walked down to your cell and he says, stand up. Stand up. You're not, that's not who you are. You're not to be some fearful, trotting down person. Come on out of your cell. You're not, you're not that. You're my son. Come on out. Oh, there ought to be some arms go up. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm no longer a slave to fatigue. I'm no longer a slave to his kingdom. I am a son of God. Oh, there ought to be some hands up going through kingdoms. Things that's held you bound. Put those hands up and say, I'm free. Why am I free? Because the king said I'm free. You're blessed to have a hunger and a thirst for supernatural service all oh, glory to God let's just praise him right now let's just magnify him right now you know who you was when he found you you was a murderer you had done wrong and yes you had done it all but the king said destroy all the records they don't belong to him no more that's not who he is who he is is my son Whoa. I wonder tonight if you can accept his blessings. If you can accept it right now, I am a son. The devil's been telling me I'm lost, and this message ain't for me, but he's a liar. I am a son. I wonder if there's any daughters out there that says I am a daughter. The devil's been telling me I'm a depressed maniac, I have no hope, and it's over with, but that's not who I am. I am a daughter. Oh, let the fire of God fall in our midst. Let him be king tonight. Let him show himself that he's in our midst. Let him show himself that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is an eternal truth. It don't matter what the devil says or what man says. This word is true. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, we love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Oh, well, I thank you, Lord, for coming to my cell where I was, Lord, lost and undone. Oh, I was born in this message. I was born in a preacher's home. I was born in a pastor's home. But that didn't do me any good. I needed more than that. But one day, Lord, I was born into your kingdom. And that's why tonight I can say, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for me. I can sing amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found by the King of kings. I was blind, but he said I could see. Oh, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Let the fire of God just fall upon our heart. Maybe you can see something in your life. Say, Lord, burn it out. Burn it out. I don't want it. I desire for you to just come and burn it out. Get all the fool's gold out of me. I've been fooling people. I've been fooling myself. Get it out. I want to be real. I want to be real. Hallelujah. He's here to touch hearts and needs, whatever you have need of. If you want the Holy Ghost, He's here to give it to you. They had to tarry for it and wait for it. You don't have to wait for it. All you got to do is come clean and say, Lord, I'll repent. I've been a fool. I've been fooling myself and fooling people. But today, Lord, I'm through with that. I want to be real. I want to be real. Oh, yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, fill us with your fire. Give us your desire. Hold us close.